You are now listening to Completely Creative with Daniel Reese, a podcast for analyzing, building, and arguing for all things creative. Lend me your ears while I dissect creativity in all its forms in an effort to inspire you to find a new creative edge in some area of your life. Let's go! Guys, it's your boy Daniel Reese, and on today's episode, we're going to do things a little differently. And I want to talk about love and answer the question if love is irrational. So, I want to preface this by saying these are my own thoughts and opinions and rants. So, I think you may tend to agree with this if you are somebody who considers yourself to be a really rational thinker. Um, You may find some things to disagree with, but either way, would love to hear some dialogue on this. But I want you to frame this episode a little differently than all my other episodes. I want you to think of this as you and I, maybe we're in the same room, we're just talking. I've had sort of a weird day, and I'm just ranting my thoughts out to you. Not in a way where I'm looking for advice or answers, but just putting them out there and seeing what makes sense to you. You know, this either reaffirms that I'm not as crazy as I might think, or that I'm way crazier than I'll ever give myself credit for. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, I also want to preface this by saying, at the time of this recording, I'm sitting in a room in Bangkok quarantining, and I've been in here for eight days so far. And I still have a little ways to go. So my mind has gone into some really deep areas of my brain and some really dark areas. And I'm just getting a little stir crazy, to be honest. But it's not all for nothing. I think people can relate to this. And this will give you something to think about, at the very least. This also started out as me ranting with a few friends trying to get my thoughts out. And then at the end of it, I decided that this would make a meaningful podcast for the right person. So now that I have that context laid out there, let's rewind a little bit back to what started the idea of this episode to begin with. Now, of course, when you sit in a room for over a week and have nothing but time to think, you're not watching any TV, you're not playing any video games, you're just thinking. You spend a lot of time trying to make sense of a lot of things. And some things just can't be made sense of. You can't justify the unjustifiable. And in this case, we're talking emotions or love. So I got into a really silly argument with my significant other. And when this happens... I find myself mostly trying to use logic and reasoning to understand some of those really visceral emotions, full well knowing that it's impossible to use logic to understand those emotions, but that's how you understand anything else in life, right? Just really frustrating trying to make sense of somebody's admittedly irrational emotions, especially if they directly impact you. For me, I'm an outsider looking into the world of hypersensitivity, 
never able to fully understand those thought patterns because the way that I prioritize rational thought conflicts with love and the nature of how irrational love can be. And to clarify here, the only instance I would ever even attempt to figure out someone's feelings is if they directly impact me or my mood. Because I've always been very intentional about not putting negative energy into the world. But then again, that's me once again being rational. So that puts me back to square one. But when you think of romantic love, for example, romantic love is often a temporary emotion. And maybe we can more properly refer to this as limerence. And for those of you that don't know what limerence is, limerence, according to Wikipedia, is a state of mind which results from a romantic attraction to another person and typically includes obsessive thoughts and fantasies and a desire to form or maintain a relationship with the object of love and have one's feelings reciprocated. Limerence can also be defined as an involuntary state of intense romantic desire. And sometimes when people ask you to define love, at least in my experience, it's always been hard to come up with a definition until I learned what limerence was, because I think limerence represents an attempt at a scientific study of the nature of love. Uh, maybe that's like the most commonly understood definition of love in most terms. But on my absolute most cynical days, I would probably define love as just two people attempting to fool each other or woo each other into believing that they were meant to be or that they were made for each other by acting all charming, putting their best foot forward all the time, and then falling for it without even realizing. After all, it's not that uncommon for people to refer to love as a game. And I think people somehow know that that's not reality, but they still fall for it. When people get enamored with other people, they're influenced by that little bit of chemical and dopamine feeling. And maybe the rest is just created out of pure imagination. Romantic love, in my opinion, is arguably one of the weirdest, most irrational things that I can think of. And I don't want this to sound like I'm against love or super cynical about love in general, because this isn't that. This is me having sat in a room for a long time and going through the rough, uncomfortable parts of this discussion. So we'll, we'll switch over to the upside of love in just a second. But I first want to go back to the discussion of limerence. So limerence doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, right? It's been described as being an involuntary, potentially inspiring state of adoration and attachment to a limerent object involving intrusive and obsessive thoughts, feelings, and behaviors from despair to also euphoria, but it's contingent on perceived emotional reciprocation. So let me give you an example of that from a euphoric side, because I've been kind of on the negative side for what some of you might think is negative. So yeah, let me, let me give you an example. Think of a musical improv jazz band where you have artists just kind of riffing off each other and improving but each player is fundamentally apart from the other 
but they're intertwined with the other, creating music together. So when person A plays a note, person B responds by playing with a different note, and then combined they have a third sound, and so on and so on, basically creating music, something that's audibly pleasing, something that we use to shift our emotions in any particular direction that we want based on the musician's intentions. Now, when jazz is being played, and especially if you're improving, maybe neither performer knows what the other will do, but there is still this unspoken expectation. Each person's aligned with their own goals, and so long as they continue to align together, they remain in harmony. So the end goal is a great song. And I think if we're talking about the euphoric side of love, that's probably the best way that I've heard it described. So while I can argue all day that it's irrational, some could argue that there is a particular type of rationality that comes to it. But think about these examples in your own personal life. Have you ever gone above and beyond for a man or woman in such a way that people that are on the outside looking in can say, okay, that seems a little crazy. Think about all the Hollywood movies where, you know, the guy's flying on the side of an airplane trying to catch his wife or the love that got away, (laughs) or the guy who buys like 5,000 roses and breaks into a girl's house and she shows up and he, you know, please take me back. I love you so much. Let's try this again. (laughs) All the shit that would be super duper weird in real life if anybody did that. It's like guys that don't take no for an answer, basically. Only love can make somebody act like that. Think of all the amazing pieces of creative art and literature and music that have been created as a result of somebody being so enamored with another person or so heartbroken by another person that they end up creating some sort of masterpiece that ends up relating to a lot of the audience. Again, only love can do something like that. And by love, of course, I'm referring to limerence here because that involves an almost intrusive level of thinking about a particular person or object, I guess. But we're talking about person here. So those characteristics would also include this longing for reciprocation, this irrational fear of rejection. And this, this emptiness in that person's absence. But I think once you understand how unpredictable and even potentially unstable limerence can be, it helps you to understand your relationships with your significant others, whether that is uh, what's referred to as a limerent-limerent bonding, or you have a limerent non-limerent bonding, where the uh, reciprocation isn't quite equal. And as much as I want to rant on this particular topic, probably should have did this at the beginning, but the term limerence was actually introduced by American psychologist Dorothy Tenov in the 1970s. She has a book called Love and Limerence, The Experience of Being in Love, 
really interesting book if you want to deep dive on this topic, but I feel like I've gotten enough off of my chest and hopefully this gives you something to think about. So I want to end this by thanking you for your time. You could have spent your time listening to anything else, but you chose to listen to my rant today. And this really comes down to one thing. I gotta get out of this fucking room. <laughs>